Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. I keep seeing a very similar mistake over and over again when it comes to training. And it's not just the runners I train, it's everybody. And in the end, it really comes down to a disconnect between what you think you want and what you actually want. Runners often want to get a lot better at running without recognizing how much that is going to upend their life. And like a lot of my in-person trainees at the gym want to lose something like 50 pounds until they realize that will require them not to drink five beers every night or go out and eat multiple times per week or get into the gym and train more than the one time they see me. And in the end, I don't really care at all which option you choose. You're an adult. You can make your own choices. It's your life. I really just want you to be happy. The problem is when people say that they want thing A and they actually want thing B. Very honestly, it doesn't affect me all that much when this happens because we adapt and we readjust and I try to coach in a direction that will be helpful. When you do this, it creates this huge sense of failure that is often hard to shake for way, way past the realization. And before we get into the episode, I need to take like a second to talk about this because as a coach, I often give the train hard and do well and hit your goals, go mentality, right? And that is because it is very fun for me to help people do really hard stuff. But what I really want for people is to be happy. And I often realize I'm not always doing a great job of conveying that. Because we got a little deep here in the comments. Someone asked, how do you not feel guilty about missing training sessions? And it's a great question. I struggled with this a lot in my 20s. And it also means I need to address some things that I don't address enough. First, here's the answer to the question for me. I don't feel guilty because I'm not a professional athlete. This is not how I make my money. Running is a thing that improves my life. It is not my whole life. If it's yours, that is great, but it's not mine. And I truly bet it's not yours either. I don't have anybody that high level of an athlete listening to this podcast. Because like for me, usually I don't miss a running session for another sport. I do climb, I do jujitsu, but I don't think I've missed a running training session for those in a very long time. I miss it because I have work or because I care a lot more about other athletes' results than I do my own or because I've had the opportunity to spend a little more time with family or friends I don't get to see very often. And if I can do all of it, great. But sometimes my choice is to get it all in and not sleep, which I know will lead me to injury, which I know will take me out for weeks, or I get to drop something and still only get probably like five hours. And if you have kids and you skip a training session or cut it short so you can take care of your kids, then that's great. You shouldn't feel guilty for that. And if it keeps happening day after day, then maybe we need to take a minute and figure out how to restructure your life so you don't have these like big competing goals that keep fighting one another. Maybe you're taking on too much. Maybe you need to just stop watching some television. 
or plan a little better on the weekend. But if you have a job and a few kids and you have to cook dinner and still fit hours and hours and hours of training into every week, it is probably okay to skip a training session here and there. That said, we should also remember that 10 minutes counts. It really does. If you can't get in your hour because your kid got sick and your other kid needed help with homework and you would cook dinner after coming home from work, cool. Put on your shoes and go run a mile. It counts. If it's dark and you're scared to run outside, great. Put your shin up against the couch and do a couch stretch and get your mobility work in. There are a thousand reasons why you should skip training. And to that end, as I'll say in the podcast, you don't have to be the best runner you can be. Most of us don't actually want that. We want to be better runners without completely upending our lives. Those are often very different things. You don't have to be the best runner you can be. That's not what this podcast is about. This is about getting your goals straight. If you truly want to get a lot better, you might need to give up some things you don't want to give up. If you only want to get a little better, and you mostly view running as something like a social event you do with friends, there is nothing wrong with that. And anybody who says there is, is wrong. Plain and simple. The only problem is when you tell yourself you want the former, and you really want the latter. That creates this disconnect that is only going to lead to huge disappointment in the long run. I honestly don't care if you ever run again. I hope you do it as long as it makes you happy and not really a second longer. I'm in the business of helping people find and hit their goals. And if you get into a training block and say, you know what? I don't want this anymore. That's great. It's happened. I'm fully supportive. You need to do what's best for you. And sometimes that is skipping a session or two per week to better serve yourself or your family on a completely different spectrum than your athletic endeavors. So with the longest intro in the world over with, let's get into the podcast. Some of the biggest mistakes I often see when it comes to training. All right, we are live. So this is about what most people often miss about training. When I first start to talk to people about training, there's two things that I will typically see that just seem to be completely absent or not accounted for or we end up with issues along the way. The first one is adaptability. And I will often see this with very specifically a training plan. Someone downloads or acquires or purchases or whatever a training plan and then tries to follow it completely to a T because I don't really know what else to do. I know I did this for a very long time before I, you know, became a coach and personal trainer and spent a bunch of money to figure out how to do my job well. Um, I would get a plan and try to follow it as well as I could. And then when something happened, I didn't really know how to adapt that. And that is a huge sticking point for a lot of people. So for example, my I'm currently in the middle of about a 10-day span where these things are happening. Last weekend, I went to a wedding. At that wedding, I basically danced so hard that I blew my knee out and have to wear this thing to walk or do my job very well. Um, much less running is completely off the table for a minute. I tried. It did not go well. Now, I'm back trying to slam five or six days, maybe seven of work into four before I go to 
another wedding-related event this coming weekend where I'll be gone even longer. So there is no plan that accounts for that um, at all. There's nothing that says like, oh, both of these weekends are going to be completely absent and your work schedule is going to go from an already like solid 10 to 12 hours up to like 15 just so that you can do these things and spend time with people on top of getting an injury, like an unpredictable injury. We don't know how to, if you don't know how to adapt to those kind of things, you're going to struggle along the way because they will happen. Your kid will get sick or you will get sick or... COVID will happen, or you'll get a little bit of a tweak that prevents you from being able to do whatever you need to do, or <laughs> something is going to come up. And this is not just a part of running, it is a part of all training. I mentioned a man named Lane Norton before, and I've learned a lot from him on the dieting front. And he very bluntly, he wrote like a textbook basically on how to diet for a physique show. And he says in the intro, your prep will not go to plan. Something will happen. It doesn't matter how well you try or plan or do whatever you can do. Something will go wrong. So we need to be able to adapt to that if we're going to have any success along the way. And on top of all of that, we need to be able to adapt well. So what are we missing? What are we not going to get in? What is able to be cut? What is the biggest priority right now? All of these depend on where you are in your prep, how close you are to your race, what your event even looks like. So if you are focused on an event with a ton of climbing and you need to condense a lot of your speed work because you just don't have time that week, then maybe we cut a speed session, make your other session um, like hill, short hill repeats. So we activate that speed, we get that power from the hill repeats, and because you're already probably stressed, that's why you're cutting it in the first place, we put you under less injury risk because you can go slower. Right? Like this would be one way to deal with that. If your long run doesn't fit, maybe we can separate it into a couple pieces throughout a day so we collect an overall continuous volume. That's an option as well. Like all of these things are... All of these things are adaptable. You can make it work. But if we don't know how to adapt or what to cut or what to prioritize, then we're going to struggle. So adaptability needs to be a part of your, a part of your plan because life is not completely perfect. Now, the other thing that I often see with people training that causes some problems or some struggles is that we want to keep doing the same thing because we find it fun or another reason or you feel like you have to and we don't seem to recognize that that thing and I'll give you an example in a minute has not gotten us to where we want to go so we probably need to change it or make an adjustment or something because if we keep doing the same thing and expecting different results that is like Einstein's definition of insanity, right? Like we need to change the strategy if we're going to get different results. So one very good example here that I see a lot is group runs. Group runs are fun. They are enjoyable. We should be able to fit them into your plan, in theory, at least, depending on what your goals are. If your goals are to win a race, maybe not. But 
for the most part, we should be able to fit group runs in. But if you want to do five group runs a week and or three or whatever have you, and you don't have a lot of time and you're completely missing your speed work and this group run is some cozy run throughout your city, then maybe we need to trim some or all of those. If you have no, like if it is a very specific type of speed work that doesn't apply to your race. So I'll see people do, like sign up for a group training plan that tries to push you to a faster 5K. Unfortunately, you're not trying to run a 5K, you're trying to run a 50K. And so the speed for this 5K training is like 200, 400 meter repeats, um, timed miles, all this stuff that has very little to no carryover to your 50K performance. And yet we want to include this because we do it with our friends, and that's great, but are you willing to trade the results of your like goal race performance to do the group run with your crew? If you are, that's great. You're, that is your priority. That is your choice. As I often say, like you are an adult, do the thing that you, like you have a choice to do that, but you should be aware that that is the outcome of that choice. If you are not willing to make these changes, then you might not get the results you're looking for. Now, we also need to be able to get out of your head, right? So if we keep doing the same thing, like if you were pretty new, anything is going to make you progress, right? So something that worked in the past might not work now because you saw a ton of progress because you were very new to this sport or new to whatever. You'll see this a lot in new lifters, like they just keep stacking weight and then eventually you plateau and we have to make some kind of change. And it's not that that training strategy was bad. It's not that you were making mistakes from the get-go. It is that you have changed, you have gotten better, and now the throw everything at the wall strategy just isn't going to cut it anymore. We have to be a lot more intentional about it. We need to figure out where, where you're lacking, what you're missing, all of this. And this just goes back again to that adapt adaptability piece. It is not just the busy schedules or the injuries or the sicknesses or the extra work or whatever it has, whatever it may be that we need to be adaptable. You will learn stuff throughout a training cycle and we need to be able to make those adjustments as they come up. For example, I have been struggling a little bit with a tweaky hip and I could not for the life of me figure out why and finally at the wedding uh, I was at this past weekend my one of my friends is a PT and she looked at me and said I have a very tight piriformis but only on my right side so she gave me a couple things to do and it's been helping it's been like two days and I just included that into my daily routine and it has been helpful and thankfully that was a very easy tweak but you might find out that you have no upper end like no vo2 max and you're two months out from your race, and how do we make that adjustment? Or something else. <laughs> There's so many things you might find. I often find that people in trail who have like some certain sports backgrounds, so say you have a soccer background, or like me, Ultimate Frisbee, where 
you actually are pretty quick. You have a pretty good top speed, and you have pretty good lateral movement from all of those from the sports you've played in the past. Basketball is another very good example. But when you try to go uphill, like you just have no connection to this like primary driver of your glutes, and your glute med is actually really good. We hear from about runners all the time that you have a weak glute med. And people who've been running forever consistently with not a lot of other sports engagement, that tends to be very true. But if you have a different background, you might actually be missing like your glute max, the main muscle in your butt that should push you uphill or push you forward. And if you're missing that, then we need to fairly quickly include some strength training that's going to help you with that. Now, we also don't want to be reactive. So being adaptable is not the same as being reactive. This is not the reaction of, oh crap, I don't have any access to my glute max, and I don't have any speed, and I don't have any top end, how do I slam in all of this stuff, my race is in three weeks, and what do I do? This is not the reaction. What we're really looking to be is very controlled and very concentrated. If you have two weeks to your race, there's nothing you're going to do. The hay is in the barn. We do not need to slam in like these four workouts that you saw somewhere on someone's training plan or someone's Strava and try and get those in just because this person ran this race before and did a really good job. It makes no sense. You're not them. You don't have their training history. And if you're trying to taper, adding new stimuli to your training plan that don't even have enough time to create the adaptations is just a great way to get injured. It's trying to do some big effort that you have not been building to over the past many like four to six to eight weeks maybe even longer is just silly so we want to be adaptable we want to make the changes we need to make to our life and structure in order to hit our goals without being super reactive this one's going to be pretty short because i need to get drive to work and then in about 40 minutes I'm going live on Instagram with Jeff and Jeremy from the Ultra Running Guys to announce the winner of the Let's Eat giveaway. So if you want to watch that live, hop on Instagram at 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, my time, and 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we're going to be going live to announce who won, and it should be a should be a good time. Should be short. You, if you are if you did enter, you do not have to be there to win. But if you can be, we'd love it if you join us. If you have any questions on adaptability or any of the stuff I've talked about for the past like 10 minutes, please pop them in the comments. But otherwise, I'm going to cut this one a little short. I'm going to give you all a break. I will say there's a big interview coming out this weekend that you're not going to probably know who this person is, and you should listen to it anyway because it, it matters, and it's one of the most important ones I've probably will do for a very long time. I hope you found all this helpful and that you have a good rest of your Tuesday and I will be back next week. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.